Miracy. Because it's ultimately the relationships that are going to help you in so many different aspects of your business over time. And having a peer community can also provide a wealth of knowledge and resources that you may not have access to otherwise. As coaches, we know it's important to establish a community around ourselves and our businesses, but many coaches struggle to fully leverage their communities with a nagging sense that they're not fully tapping into the potential of the resources that they've created or that are around them. So why does this happen? I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we're proud to have helped tens of thousands of coaches create profitable and thriving businesses. This is a podcast where we answer burning questions that newer coaches would love to ask a more experienced coach. So what can coaches do to avoid falling into the trap of underutilizing their communities? It's a challenge that many coaches face. They've built a community. They're not quite sure how to leverage it effectively to achieve their goal. So today I've invited Heather E. Wilson to the show to explore this topic with me. Heather is a business coach, a speaker, author, and director of education at Miracy with 20 plus years experience in instructional design and online course innovation. She pioneered business coaching in Canada and founded the popular Confident Coach community. Welcome, Heather. Hi, Melinda. Thanks for having me. I am really excited to have you on the show and to talk about and dive into this topic. And before we do, would you just share a little bit more of your background with our listeners? So. Way back in the early 2000s, I had my own kind of life transformation and I started being invited to speak. So I started out as a speaker, actually. One thing kind of led to another and people wanted support after my talks. And I didn't even know what coaching was, to be honest. And so I Googled coaching and it was like, wow, I'm doing that anyway. And long story short, I got some training. I was already an instructional designer by trade. The coaching came pretty natural to me and creating programs and courses and all that great stuff. And so here we are today, you know, very long career of being a coach in various ways, shapes and forms. And I like to say I've pretty much seen and done it if it's been in the coaching industry in the last 20 plus years. Now, in a previous episode, I had a guest on the show that was talking about the topic of entrepreneurial loneliness and how important it is to build a community around yourself as a business owner. So I thought you and I could dive deeper into this. And as I said in the intro, many coaches build a community and then they ignore it. Yeah. I just want to clarify because there's a lot of ways that people use communities because it can mean so many things. So there's this idea as a coach, we're building a peer community of colleagues and confidants to help us navigate through the journey of setting up, launching, running and scaling our business, doing the work that we're here to do. And then there's also community in the sense where for many of us that have a coaching business, offer coaching packages or programs, courses, 
whatever it might be, we will also create a community in our business for our audience, our clients and students and customers to participate in and connect with people on their journeys. But today, the main focus is really building that peer community as a coach so that we are not alone on our journey. Because that's one of the things that I hear from so many coaches. Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm the only one experiencing this. And I've been in a mastermind now of my colleagues in confidence for seven years. And I still have that feeling. I'm like, oh my gosh, am I the only one struggling with this? And I show up when there's 50 of us that are in that group. And I'm like, oh, everybody's struggling with this. I feel so much better about myself. The problem's not solved, but I'm like, oh, let me stop beating myself up so much. So that's what I want to really dive in today is what are the benefits of building a peer community as a coach and how can they be maximized? There's so many benefits, so I'll try to keep it to just a few. But the very, very first one is collaboration and partnership, building relationships, because it's ultimately the relationships that are going to help you in so many different aspects of your business over time. And having a peer community can also provide a wealth of knowledge and resources that you may not have access to otherwise. Some of your peers can help you with industry trends and best practices and even share new tools and techniques that might be new to you. And so that comes down to then, of course, professional development, which many peer communities also provide coaches with those types of opportunities, you know, maybe training or mentorship even and networking, of course. And then they can also just be a really supportive and encouraging environment, you know, where you can share your challenges, receive feedback and support. Even if that challenge isn't solved in the moment, at least you don't feel quite so alone. And a big one is friendship, right? We all need friendship. Even myself, like years and years and years ago, I met my now best friend in a group that is long since closed, but we maintain this amazing relationship and she still holds me accountable for things that we're working on. So that's another one is accountability and, you know, increased visibility and credibility. Active participation in a peer community can really increase your visibility and credibility within the industry. And then finally, there's so many opportunities if you build strong relationships to have joint ventures. And that ultimately will improve the bottom line of your business. Yeah, let's go back to friendship. The list is amazing. And I want to dive into several of these. Uh, Friendship stands out because I know uh, for some of the groups that I've been in, some of the gals that I've connected with, like I refer to them as my soul sister. Yeah. For many of them, one in particular that I'm thinking about, you know, we met, oh my gosh, probably 17, 18 years ago now, and we're still connected. And it, those friendships, they last a lifetime and it's an incredible part of it. And the mastermind that I've been a part of for the last seven years, the leader of that, the organizer of that, he said, you know, we have to have a place where we can be messy, where we can just kind of take a big, deep breath, where we can go through the process of learning, unlearning bad habits and all of that. And my mentor that's running this mastermind, when he started it, he's like, who do I want to surround myself? Like, who would I love to hang out with and learn from? And I really appreciated the way he created this community because it was a lot less of 
him being the main leader, the person who knew it all, he's like, no, 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 I'm learning along with you and we're all learning together. And it's been an incredible community. Have you had any experiences like that or uh, any specific communities you've been a part of? Yes, absolutely. So one community that I actually did create is called the Canadian Coach. We don't have it anymore, but it was a membership community that originally I created because I was looking for coaches across Canada to learn from, to hang out with, bounce ideas and challenges. In Canada, I was feeling very alone in my industry, even though I knew there was thousands and thousands of coaches across the country. And they just weren't organized in a way that I could join something, right? So I'm like, well, I'll just make it. And then they started joining. And now to this day, I have so many long-term friendships with those coaches that I know that I could reach out at any time. In fact, we do. Even though the official group is closed, we still get together and chat and hang out and help each other as much as possible. Having even just a handful of people who truly get you and understand what you are trying to accomplish to me is priceless. My own family still to this day has no idea what I do. (laughs) Having to explain that to people who aren't in the industry over and over again is just mind frazzling. So it's really amazing and awesome to have peers that truly get you. When I think about being in that community of peers, a lot of times they're framed up as a mastermind in this one that I've been a part of for a number of years. You know, we meet in person three times a year. Otherwise, we're connected online daily. There's a couple of other groups that I've been a part of where we just come together in person once a year. But when I think about being inside of that community, I remember when I first joined, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like a very little fish in a very big sea. And all those villains started coming up as like, well, who am I? They know so much more than me. What can I contribute? And all that crap started happening in my mind. And what I realized was your normal is somebody else's aha. Something that I found just as common sense and easy and normal that I've been doing for 10, 12, 18 years. It was the biggest light bulb moment for somebody else in that group that was a game changer in their life or business. And so I always had to remind myself Your normal is someone else's aha. And when we can do that freely with each other, that's where you get that bouncing ideas off of each other, that wealth of knowledge and resources that you were talking about, the collaborations that can happen because of that. When we have the courage to show up authentically as ourselves and not let the villains get the best of us. Now, let me ask you this. As coaches and entrepreneurs, when we're building that community, that peer community that we're engaging with for our own purposes, how can coaches effectively manage and engage with their peer communities? Yeah, it does take a proactive and strategic approach. You want to establish really clear expectations and guidelines for yourself. So what are you hoping to get out of being in, let's say, a mastermind? What is it that you're looking for? Where's the gap in your own self or communities that you're looking to fill? And then be realistic about how much time you have and how much you are able to give. Maybe it is a mastermind you meet only once a year, but you have a Slack community where you can chat online. And that's totally doable for you. You know, not everyone 
has the time, since we're all running businesses here, to be meeting in a live call every week, let's say. So be realistic with your own expectations and how much time you have to give. And then be sure to just really participate and engage because the worst thing you could do would be to join anything or create any kind of community and then just be a lurker. You know, we've all seen the lurkers. You will never get out what you are hoping to achieve if you don't actively engage. And so you're going to want to create a plan for yourself on what that would look like. Is it sharing news with the group once a week? Is it commenting on posts in an online group in some way, shape or form? And then the big one is provide value. Be a giver always, right? You want to share your expertise, share resources, because that is what ultimately then is going to help you foster relationships among the members. And, you know, I always say go deep, not wide. So if you are in a large community, whether it's your own or someone else's, you know, you want to build the relationship with the person in front of you. You're not necessarily going to have intimate best friend relationships with the hundred people, but five, you could, right? And over time, those will expand and, and get bigger. So be a giver, foster relationships, set your own expectations and guidelines, and seek feedback too from the members. You know, you can always ask. It never hurts to ask. Go deep, not wide. I love how you said that. And it's also what helped me to fill my practice. There's a couple of things that I want to say about that because we also have to learn how to receive. I see so many coaches give, 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 and they just keep in that energy and they don't receive the guidance, input, wisdom, resources, help, support, whatever it is that the other members of the community are offering because we haven't exercised that muscle. We're all so good at giving, especially as coaches, the creative, nurturing, supportive type. It's just what we do. But we also have to exercise the muscle of receiving so that we can keep that flow of energy and that relationship going. When you talked about go deep, not wide, I just want to share a tip if it's helpful for anybody. It's something that I do to help stay top of mind whenever I participate in a community. Let's say it's one of those times where we're meeting in person. You know, there's 50 of us. I, I can't constantly cultivate a relationship with 50 people all at the same time. But I do have those several people in the group that I really resonate with. And that might change and fluctuate. One season, it might be a certain group of people. Another, I might resonate with others. But one of the things that I do is I will really listen. I'll have a stack of post-it notes that I take with me to the meeting and I will listen to challenges that they share, concerns that they have, questions that they're asking about or celebrations that they have shared. And I'll just write them down on a post-it note and then I bring it back to my office and I will put those post-it notes on the wall or somewhere near there so that I just see them. And I, it just makes me think of them, keep them top of mind, keep them present so that I am being conscious about that relationship, being proactive, like you said earlier. For me, I have to see it. I'm a very visual person. And so writing it on a post-it note, having it at my desk helps me to keep fostering that relationship, practicing that giver's gain and being open to when I'm receiving something from them. 
Any other tips that you have about how you have, whether it's fostering that relationship or how you participate, engage, uh, what other tips do you do when you're in your community? I personally like to, once I've kind of established my main relationships, I then create like little pods, I guess, little accountability pods where outside of the bigger community, we might get together and work on, for example, masterminding our businesses. So that's a big one. And basically creating a knowledge sharing system. If I have a question about one topic, I know which person or pod to bring it to. If I have a question about another topic, then I have someone else to go to. So in my own business, I have my own list and it saves a lot of time because I don't have to go digging quite as much. I can instantly know who to go to. And that's super helpful. When you get together, man, it just is like, off the charts of what you can co-create together. So I always try as much as possible to co-create with my peers and I encourage other members to co-create. Now let's talk about what are some mistakes that coaches might make when engaging with their peer communities? How can they be avoided? Right. So the number one is lack of engagement. They just maybe show up slightly attend the calls but never say anything or they're in the online community but they never comment, they never post, they just are lurkers, right? So not actively being involved in the community is ultimately the biggest mistake, I feel. And you can avoid this by regularly contributing to discussions and sharing your resources and attending the meetings and actually speaking up, you know, those kinds of things. The next big mistake is focusing too much on self-promotion. We've all been in groups where suddenly someone decides to spam all their offers in the feed if it's an online group or even at a meeting, maybe they're just promoting their own stuff in a a not-so-giving way. So this can really turn off other members and will reduce the community's effectiveness. So to avoid this, you just focus on building the relationships and providing value and asking when you do need support. So again, it goes back to, to the giving and the asking. And the other big one, I would say, is failure to adapt. Coaches will get into a group thinking it will be exactly the same forever and ever and ever, but they never are because it's a community and communities grow and change over time. As a member, you need to be open to new ideas and the changes and growth and the trends within the community. And, you know, it is possible that at some point that community will lose its relevance for you, but you need to be aware of that and adapt when it's a good idea. And then if it's just no longer your thing, know when it's time to leave. And so we have to be really mindful of what's driving our engagement. Is it fear-based? Is it love-based? We have to be mindful of what's driving how we engage so we don't make that mistake as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was just sitting here looking at my notes as, as I'm listening to you talk. As I look at the words peer community, what occurs to me is there's several different types of community. I've always really resonated with the mastermind level type of community where there's a lot of people around a common purpose, a common goal, 
And there's a lot of different communities. And I, I think there's a, a place for a coach when they're on their business journey to have maybe each of these. So I, I think about like at the organization association level, like the ICF, the International Coach Federation. It's for our entire industry. But then there's niche specific. When I think about Coaches Console, we're a technology. And so I have a group of peers where we all have technology businesses and we are an accountability pod. So I've got that little mini community. And then I have this mastermind that I'm talking about. And, you know, the common denominator there is we just all have online businesses, but we're in all kinds of niches. So we can draw from all the different industries that we represent. And then there's that more that inner circle, those sacred sisters that I have where we really connect on deep levels about so much, even beyond business. Are there any other kinds of communities that come to mind? I think it comes down to knowing what you need and want. And so you belong to as many or as few as you want. I personally feel you need at least the three levels, the super high level, the kind of medium where it's a bigger group, but you still have you know, a pod of people that support you and then your inner circle. Everyone needs an inner circle. Now, when we look at community, one of the things that you talked about earlier as a benefit was that it can help increase credibility and visibility. Let's talk about that for a second. How can a coach peer community help establish and maintain that within their industry? Well, ultimately, if you are there as a giver and receiver and you are giving value, the other members are going to see that and then they may want to joint venture partner with you, right? You go out there into the wider world and you're co-creating things. And so then that visibility is instantly out there. And depending on the size of the group, of course, you are now visible to these peers who are in your group because you would be sharing updates, right? You would be hopefully sharing what you were doing. And particularly when it comes to coaches, you know, your launches, your programs, all that kind of good stuff that you're working on. And so that becomes visible versus if you were just working alone, you know, at your computer at home in your office and posting on social media once in a while about what you were doing, it's not getting out there. You're not going to make the impact that you're hoping to make. So just being in a community alone will instantly increase your visibility because other people will have eyes on your stuff. Who knows? You, you could end up co-creating something really amazing together. And so the credibility, let's say for you in your mastermind, right? You're surrounding yourself with top people in the industry, right? And so by default, you get to borrow almost some of that credibility. Not that you need to, but it's just, you know, who you surround yourself with, right? And you're seeing with these people in the industry. And for those coaches who are just starting out, their mastermind wouldn't be at that level. But you always kind of have a few people who are a few steps ahead of you in your peer group. They can mentor you, right? And so every little step helps. You get a little bit more credibility and a little bit more visibility. Yeah, and I, I like what you said, borrow the credibility. I know as I've been in different groups over the past 19, 20 years that we've been doing this, and others got to know me and my work, the way I do work, the unique approach that I have to doing what I do and how I help coaches in their business, they would give me endorsements, right? So 
if I'm doing a promotion or a campaign or we're going through a launch, you know, it's one thing for me to stand up and say, well, here's what I can do for you. And here's why I think you should say yes to this. But when somebody else can say, oh, my gosh, have you experienced what Susie has to offer? Like, this is why I highly recommend it. There's that value that's transferred, the trust that's transferred, the credibility yeah. that you said is transferred. Now, let's summarize some of the things that we've talked about today. So we kicked off, you gave us an amazing list of benefits when we talk about building and cultivating our own peer community, everything related to business and friendship and everything in between. And we talked about what do we need to do in order to create intentionally cultivate this community of our peers and colleagues and confidants. And uh, the question that we were both asking and that I've seen so many ask when they create their communities is, who do I want to hang out with? Who do I want to learn with and learn from and bounce ideas and challenges with? Like, who are those people? And let's get us in a room together. We talked about how to engage with that community and being proactive and strategic and all about giving first and don't just be a lurker. And I love when you shared to go deep, not wide. We talked about how we got to exercise our muscle to receive because that's part of being in community. And we even covered some of the mistakes that we might make, whether we realize it or not, whether they're driven by fears or just over enthusiasm or what it might be. And we even kind of got into the different levels of community that you might want to cultivate for yourself or get yourself involved in. And how it can help us to establish and maintain our credibility and reputation within the work that we're doing in the industry that we're serving. Heather, do you have any parting words for our listeners on this topic? Yeah, ultimately, it's about the relationships, right? It's always about the relationships first and understanding yourself enough to know what you need and who you want to hang out with. Not just who can help me, but who do you really want to hang out with? Because it's about creating long-term relationships. The group could come and go, but we still keep those relationships for a really long time. And then just stay engaged. The worst thing you can do is just lurk. So stay engaged and be patient because it takes a while to build strong relationships and, and build friendships, right? Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. And also a big thank you to Heather Wilson for this great conversation. You can find out more about her at miracy.com. That's miracy, M-I-R-A-S-E-E.com. And I encourage you to listen to the precursor to this episode. It's all about entrepreneurial loneliness and community, and you'll find the link to it in the show notes. Heather, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you, Melinda. It's been a pleasure. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Once Upon a Business and Making It. Mishi Lance produced this episode. I wrote this episode together with her, and Cynthia Lamb is our supervising producer. Danny Eni is our executive producer, and post-production was by Post Office Sound. If you want to listen to upcoming and previous great episodes on Just Between Coaches, please follow us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you might be listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It is the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Mercy.
And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy folk or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud, we can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.